You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. First and Pod, every game, every team, every week. Division round edition. Four awesome games in their own merits, in their own rights. Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi. Thank you for listening, watching, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. We're not doing this in order. We're doing this, I guess, by size of game and matchup here, but obviously all huge games for the right to play on Championship Sunday. We start with 80s and 90s nostalgia, Pony. Niners-Cowboys, a record-setting ninth postseason meeting between these two historic franchises. What do you make of the Cowboys bandwagon seemingly filling up prior to this game? Surprised that all it took was a win against an 8-9 and nine Bucks team. Tampa's been on national TV all year. They're one of the handful of teams that most football fans have seen a lot of. So their strong opinions on Brady and that team were based on a lot of their own observations. It's not like a team that you see maybe three or four times and you just get carried away with takes because you look at stats or you look at highlights. No, most people that have talked about the Bucks, even the casual fan has done so with a higher level of uh, understanding. And so I'm flabbergasted that they won that game that they were favored to win. And I know it wasn't close, but they did it. And now a lot of the stuff I had referenced with you a couple of weeks ago, like their statistical rankings, being in the top 10 in points and defense, the DVOA stats, how they're both near the top of the league. Now that they've got one win under their belt, it's like all of that stuff is relevant, whereas before people were still clinging to same old Cowboys, they lose in the playoffs. None of the facts and data about the team really matter. I thought that last week was the best game I've ever seen Dak Prescott play. I think that has a huge, huge part in this. And I still think it ends this week. I think San Francisco is just better. And I think that they're a more complete team. Obviously, they're at home. But I have been struck by the conversation around Brock Purdy more than I have around Dallas because the Cowboys are 
always going to be something, a team that generates conversation and they beat Tom Brady in a game that was watched by everybody. So I'm not surprised that that game in that spot that we talked about as a the, the matchup that was going to set the record rating ratings and all that. And we were right about in. that. We were saying that months before. We were saying that for like three months. Yeah. So, but so like when you play in a game that is watched by that many people with that many storylines, um, I'm not surprised that there's a little bit of recency bias about it. I feel like there is a, I feel like the national media largely is arguing against some sort of straw man with Brock Purdy. They're just like twisting themselves in the knots to define whether or not he's good or not. And it's like, I don't know if Brock Purdy would be good if he played in Dallas or if he played in Pittsburgh or if he played in Chicago. I don't know if he is independently good. But what I know is this, since he has been playing, he keeps winning and he now has seven consecutive games with multiple passing touchdowns. Right. So I I kind of find the conversation irrelevant of like, is he good? I, I, no one is saying that at the end of this year, they have to sign him to a contract extension. No one is saying that uh, Trey Lance isn't going to get a shot to keep his job next year. Like they might have to answer those questions in the offseason and we'll see how the postseason goes. But like, what is Brock Purdy? Good enough. Like he he is good enough in San Francisco with Ayuk and Kittle and Debo and McCaffrey and Shanahan and that offensive line to win and produce. It's not like he's Cooper Rush and there's a hundred yards of offense being generated and they're just winning in spite of him. The guy had four touchdowns last week in a playoff game. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So I, I'm just surprised at this, like, Brock Purdy isn't good or is he? It, it, we are seeing it. He's good enough. He's good enough in the situation that he's in. And that's all I need to know. Well, okay. So I hear some of that. But in terms of, like, the, the question that you're referring to that's irritating you, like, just in a vat, like, is he – is he working in San Francisco? Is he playing well in the confines of Kyle Shanahan and all kinds of weapons and great defense for complimentary football and stuff? Yes. But that still doesn't answer the question that people are, to your point, having a really hard time with, like it's football's Rubik's Cube right now. And that is, in a vacuum, what is this guy? Is he a product of the system or is he actually a good quarterback? The, my answer to that question is easy. What's the line in this game? Two and a half? I think it's the line two and a half right now. I think it's that's not right to, to you. No, it's uh three and a half. Three, three and, and a half? half? Yeah. Okay. Flip the quarterbacks. What's the line? If Dak is in San Francisco and Purdy is Dallas's quarterback, the line's close to 10. There you go. I mean, that's to me, that answers the that question, I think is pretty black and white. 
Right now, he is still looked at as a guy that just benefits greatly from their offense. And he's going to have a hard time shaking that really at any point in these playoffs. I oh, think. stop. If, if, if he if if they make the Super Bowl and he beats Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons and a defense that was top 10 all year, and then he goes to Philly mm-hmm. and wins that game and produces. I mean, dude, Dak Prescott led the league in turnovers this year. When you were saying that flip the quarterbacks thing, I thought you were going to say seven. I didn't think you were going to say 10. I do not agree with you. I do not agree with you that Dak Prescott is six points better than Brock Purdy. I don't. So then I guess I'm going to fall victim to the trap. I'm going to walk right into it from what you were bitching about five minutes ago. So then what do you think this guy is then? I I think... That it doesn't matter. We just say, okay, so that's so your answer is it's a question I don't feel like answering or don't feel compelled to answer. I, that's your I'm saying that like what is Daniel Jones is a relevant question because they have to make a decision on paying him. What is Geno Smith is a relevant question because they have to make a decision on paying him. They have no one else to play other than Wait. Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy Well, for right now, for right now that's true, but like go that's back what we're to talking what you about. Okay, but well, you brought Trey Lance into this. So you think, like, if Brock Purdy wins this game and loses next week, does he start next year as the 49ers starting quarterback? No. If he wins the next two games and they go to the Super Bowl, does he start next year as their starting quarterback? I think that they'll say something along the lines of, uh, we are working Trey back into the fold. What if they win the whole thing? Then Brock Purdy. Okay, so, but I'm saying though, there are, like, there are levels to this. He can, through his play, change at least that narrative. Like, Who do you expect to have a better game? Like, these are, these are playoff preview shows. Like, I am, I, maybe I'm crazy. I am interested in who is going to win these football games. Yes. I'm not terribly interested. Well, right you brought the Purdy thing into this. This was not my question. This was your you. I don't but you were you were talking about like the national conversation that you've consumed around this game being about the Cowboys bandwagon. Well, I've seen a lot of it still legislating whether or not Brock Purdy is good. And my point is, dude, they're the better team. They're favored, and I expect him to outplay Dak Prescott on Sunday. See, I don't. And I, I do, so you, you, you very well stated on this podcast multiple times throughout the Dolphin season that you thought we were going to get to a point where Tua was not going to look like yep. the best quarterback in the league and that even though he had great weapons and a great play caller, we were going to see games where it's like, oh, wait, this is why there were doubts about him as a surefire guy. This, to me, is that game for Purdy. Now, if Purdy does outplay Dak like you're describing, I'll come on this podcast Sunday night and say, I'm an effing idiot. But to me, this is the challenge for him. They're they're third in pressure rate. They led the league in takeaways. They do have Micah Parsons. I don't think they'll just line him up over Trent Williams. I think they'll move him around to find the best matchup. So he will be a presence in this game. Uh, if he starts the game like he did against Seattle, 
I'm not sure Dallas is going to give him the same number of opportunities to just shake that off and be good. So that's where I'm at. They haven't beaten a team with more than nine wins. They've dominated teams and they've looked great. And he has looked really good. But this to me is that litmus test for him. He does it against Dallas. Then I'll I'll be, I'll, I'll start to sing a different tune about him being more than just a guy that fits into Shanahan's system. I can't wait for the game. I think it's awesome. I think this game is, I mean, obviously we know that it's going to do massive numbers. All the games will do massive numbers, but it's so fun to see these two uniforms on the field in a playoff game, even though it's not exactly uh, Young and Aikman when it's perfect. But just go back to what I said to you in that opening question. If this this game, after the Washington game by Dallas at the end of the regular season, the idea was that Dallas was not going to maybe be a sacrificial lamb, but they were going to go there and absolutely get beat. Like very few people are saying that now. You're saying you think Purdy will outplay him, but the line's only two and a half. Three and a half. Like three and a half. Thank you for correcting me a fourth time. They, like this Dallas thing is like this. They lose to Washington. They suck. They beat Tampa. They're great. They lose this game. They suck again. They can't win the big game. They can't beat a good team. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, I I just, I think that the Niners defense, you know, Ward will guard CeeDee Lamb. And he got, I know he got burned by DK Metcalf for the 50-yarder last week, but he's been great. And then their front seven is uniquely equipped to mitigate Tony Pollard. And Zeke is a nothing at this point. And is Dak Prescott against a good defense, going to turn the ball over? Or is he going to continue, basically from the second drive of the game through the conclusion of the game, which was, like I've said multiple times now, the best game I've seen him play and one of the most efficient quarterback game we've seen this season in the NFL. I don't think that you can have that level of efficiency against the Niners defense on the in their place. I don't. Well, if I'm Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore, I'm not even showing Dak the tape from the Tampa game to make him feel confident about winning this game, the game that they lost last year at home in the playoffs. I've I've not heard many people bring this up. Everybody reconciles San Francisco's bad game against Kansas City and writes it off as it's the Chiefs. They really wanted to win that game. It was a statement game for them. They went there. They destroyed that defense. It shocked everybody because they were the best defense in the league. They scored 44 points. Okay, everyone's allowed to have a bad day. I've heard almost nothing, nothing about the game they had at the end of the regular season where Jarrett Stidham lit them up. 37-34. Jarrett Stidham did it. I mean, that's what that's what I would show Dak Prescott this week. Dude, this guy came off the bench. Yeah, they're gettable is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And But I think some of the narrative around them is like, are they the Legion of Boom? No, they're, yeah, they, no, they're, they're 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 not they're not that. It's it's funny, like there's no truly great team in the NFC. We've said that all year. I've said we're well, on we a, thought at times Philly might get there, but right. But then at the end of the year, right, it didn't it didn't look great. But and obviously that was without Jalen Hurts. 
But I've thought for a long time, Niners-Eagles collision course. But we've also said that Dallas's best is arguably the, anybody's best. Like when they play with a lead, when Dak doesn't turn the ball over, and they can unleash those pass rushers, it's a very, very scary team. So we'll see if they play with a lead in this spot and which version of the Niners shows up, which version of Brock Purdy shows up. It's uh, it's an absolutely fantastic game. I'm going to watch. Well, I'll just, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go out on him. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to watch the game.